0: Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Good. I hope everybody had a super happy Thanksgiving, and like Ruber said, that you're all still stuffed, because I definitely am. Um, and really, before we get started today, I just, during worship, was just overwhelmed with gratitude while we were worshiping and singing those songs, um, especially the lyric when it says that he didn't want heaven without us, because that was so beautiful that God, that God, um, sent his son, and Jesus sacrificed his life so that we can be in fellowship with God, and we can enjoy paradise with God, and that we can bring heaven down here and invest in his kingdom, um, and it was just such a blessing, worship today, and I'm just so overwhelmed with thankfulness that God would want me, and that God would want every single one of you to be a part of his mission and his plan, so sorry, that was just a little quick thing I was super thankful for this morning. So, today we are going to do Increase Week 4, our journey into faith. And I'm really excited to get into this with everybody today. Um, Before we start, let's just, if you'll join me, opening up in prayer. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity here to gather and to listen to your word, God, and to just dive deeper into what you have for us. I pray, God, that you would open up my heart, God, to be able to speak your words and not my own. And I pray, God, that you would give us ears to hear, God, and to listen to your voice and how you're speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today I want to talk about faithfulness in what God has given us. And so to start off with that, I just want to do a quick recap on last week. Last week was our third week in the faith series um, that Mike talked about. So if you would join me in reading Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. Um, So I'm going to start. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So last week we talked about faith has a pace. And I want to challenge you with that same scripture that we used last week to think about Are we prepared for the harvest? And what are we actively doing in our lives to prepare for the harvest? Right? So, if you're believing God for and expecting a harvest in your life, like you should be because it's biblical, as we just read, how are you preparing for it? What are you doing in your life to invest in the harvest? Because if you're believing that it's going to happen, then that means that there has to be a process in between where you are and the harvest, right? So like Mike taught us last week that faith has a pace, and we need to be faithful during that pace and during that process. Um, So it takes obedience because, as we just read, each element in that verse was working towards something different so that the whole process could be complete, and then, boom, out comes the harvest, right? So we have the farmer who is doing his job? And we have the earth, each part of each element of the earth doing their job, the sun rising, the water going through and allowing um, the harvest to come up and produce. Every single part of that puzzle was working toward the harvest being produced, right? So once all those actions are completed, it's if we're remaining obedient in what we are purposed to do, as the farmer was purposed to farm in that and everything else within the earth was doing as they were purposed to do, then naturally the fruit will be produced, right? So with that, I want to question ourselves and challenge ourselves, what are we doing with what God has entrusted us with? like what the farmer was trusted to be that farmer and to watch over the crops and see that harvest through. What are we doing that God has given us? And how are we being obedient and faithful during that process? So if you would, join me in our parable for today. um, Matthew 25, verse 14, through the rest of the parable. So it's going to be the parable of the talents. Um, If you could bring it up on the screen whenever you guys are ready Um, And just join me in listening. Verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance." But from the one who has not, even what what he has will be taken away. So I remember reading that passage when I was younger, and I was so confused because I just thought that this was talking about investing your money in stocks, right? (laughs) And so I'm in, like, fifth grade and middle school and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know anything about stocks. I don't know how to invest my money, and I need to learn about what's going on in the investment banking world and all this stuff. And I got really stressed out because I thought I wasn't being obedient to God if I wasn't putting the money from my piggy bank into stocks and investing and stuff. So I remember, like, asking my parents all these questions and, like, wanting to watch, like, the big short, you know, all these movies about (laughs) investments going bad and the stock market crash and everything. And it didn't make sense to me what this passage was talking about until I realized what investing in the kingdom meant. And that's what this passage is talking about. It's not just talking about investing your money and seeing more come of that which is true, you know, but it's talking about investing what you have in the kingdom to see God's fruit produce from what we have been given. And um, I want to challenge you all, again, to think about how are you faithfully using what you have to glorify God? Because that's what was going through in this passage with the three servants. Two of them were faithful and one of them was not. And I'm going to take us back to verse 14, go through verse by verse. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. So right off the bat, from the beginning, we see that this is obviously not just talking about money. It's not just talking about investing your money. Because the first couple words, for it will be like, right? This is pointing our eyes back on Jesus And having us reflect, how can we take this parable and apply it back to our relationship with Christ, right? Because it says, for it will be like. So off the bat, we have to think, how does this apply back to my life deeper than just what it's talking about? Deeper than just investing my money. Deeper than what we initially read. So I'm going to take us to verse 14. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. To each according to his ability, right? God entrusts us with different things based off of the unique calling that he has instilled inside of us. Stop being concerned with the calling of the next person and think about what has God formulated me to be? How has he created me that I can take that and invest in the kingdom, right? Each person has a different purpose, and we need to be mindful of what our own is that God has trusted us with. So, back to verse 16. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them, and he made five talents more. So, talents back then were just equivalent to gold, right? So, one talent would have been about a thousand dollars. So, five talents would have been five thousand dollars. So, this first servant, he got. $5,000 $5,000 from his master that he was trusted with. And what happened was that he was faithful during that time of absence because it says, and then he went away. The master went away and expected the servant to be faithful and obedient with what he was given. Um, and he was faithful during that time. Financially, yes, but again, let's go deeper. This person was trusted with, A heavier burden than the other three servants, right? He had the largest portion, um, but he faithfully still reproduced what was given to him. And if you believe that God has trusted you with a high calling, you should be seeking him according to that calling. Are you using your gifts to bring more people to Christ? Are you using your gifts to disciple more people in the kingdom? How are you using your gifts according to the calling that you have gotten to reproduce more in the kingdom? Not just financially, yes, that's the basis, but deeper. What, if you have a leadership gift, how many more leaders have you raised up? You need to be continuously seeking God according to your calling. And we should be ushering other people with similar gifts into what we have been interested in right so we should be taking people under our wing who have similar callings and be guiding them along the same path that we have been taking so verse 17 so also he who had the two talents made two talents more so this is the second servant he was given less than the first servant but their faithfulness was still the same and that's what matters They both used the resources that they were given to bring their master increase, which then they were blessed by, right? So even though he had $2,000 and the other person had $5,000, their process was the same because they were obedient and faithful to their master even when he was gone. And verse 18, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So basically, this guy just remained stagnant. He did not reproduce. Um, He didn't even try. He said, nope, I'm going to bury it, right? Um, And I think it's interesting that it used the word hid in this um, verse because the beginning of Matthew starts off with Sermon on the Mount when Jesus instructs us not to hide our light under a bushel. And it teaches us that the kingdom of God is like a candle to be given light to the whole house, right? Not meant to be hidden under a bush. And then, that's at the beginning, and then here at the end of Matthew, the Lord is teaching us that our talents are meant to be brought into the world to reap increase, not to be buried and hidden in the ground. Because the whole Bible is reinforcing itself, and when you get to know more of it, then you get to know how it all points toward Jesus. And Matthew is essentially opening and closing with the same principle that the kingdom of God is not meant to be hidden. And we need to soak that in and reflect on our own lives. Are we hiding the kingdom of God, or are we reproducing in the kingdom of God? And this servant did not understand that. He didn't even understand the significance of his gift. We're not just given gifts to hold on to them from God. We are given them with the intent of using them to glorify God, just as they use their talent to bring increase to their master, which brought them into the joy of the Lord. And this man, he was not obedient in the gift that he was given for good. He didn't want the responsibility. He hid his gift, so it bore no fruit. If we hide what God gives us, it will bear no fruit. So now let's go into verse 19. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. I don't know about you, but at the end of my life, I want to meet God, and I want him to say it to me. Well done, good and faithful servant. Meaning that I lived my life faithful with what God has entrusted me with and was obedient with my call that God has given me on my life. There is no greater honor and nothing better to live for than bringing glory to God. And he continues by saying, You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of your master, a place that God invites everybody to join him to. And this place can only be entered into from surrender, just like God did with Jesus. Jesus surrendered his life so that we may freely live in fellowship with God, so that we can enter into the joy of our Lord. But first, we need to humble ourselves, surrender and be obedient with what God has given us. And verse 22 says, And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So notice how these two people... They started off with different amounts, but the same exact thing was said to the both of them. Even though one started off with more and one started off with less, they both had the response, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. It was never about how much they started about. It was never about the the amount. It was about were they faithful with what they were given. And were they obedient with the call that was entrusted on them? And I want to invite you all to stop thinking about quantity. Stop thinking about the superficial. And start, stop focusing on what God has done differently for the people around you. And start focusing on what he has trusted you so that you can begin to remain faithful in what he has given you. And like Mike was saying last, last week, When sometimes we get upset when it's somebody near us got blessed by God and we didn't get that yet and we're upset with the timing and the pace. Faith has a pace. So we need to stop focusing on other people's faith, on other people's pace and start focusing on how can we be faithful in what God has given us. Because it it doesn't matter the amount that you're given. Only what matters is did you reproduce, What was the fruit that was bore? Because imagine this person with um, two talents, right? Then he got two talents more. And what if that, from that, came two talents more and two talents more? So what if you were trusted with one disciple? And that disciple went and made another and another and another and another and another. And that's how the kingdom reproduces. And, all right, let's go to verse 24 now. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward and saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. So basically, he got a gift from his master, and he didn't want it. He gave it back, and he said, Take what is yours. I feel disrespected by that. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) Because I was just thinking in worship today how it's such an honor that God would use me today. And how for everybody it's an honor when God chooses to use you for anything, right? This person was not honoring his master at all. He said, take it back. How rude. You give somebody a gift. They say, I don't want it. Take it back. And how much more rude when we do that to God who surrendered everything, gave everything to us so that we can just be in fellowship with him and experience true freedom, the joy of the master, right? Verse 26, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received What was my own with interest? This guy, he saw the need. He knew he had the resource to fill it, but he did not want to do it. He was not faithful, and he was not obedient. He acknowledged, I knew that this is where you scattered no seed. I knew that this is where I should have been doing that. So I figured, hmm, yeah, let me just bury what can help that and not use it at all. No, he knew, he acknowledged that there was a need. He acknowledged that he had the resource to fill that need. And he said no, because he was not being obedient. Verse 28. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And what I gather from that is that only those who are obedient to God will prosper. If you are unwilling, God is going to use somebody who is willing to see his will be done. He saw this person was unwilling to be obedient. He didn't want the gift. So he took what was given to him, and he gave it to the person with 10 talents because he saw that person is obedient. I can trust that person, and I will give them more, right? And also, the master, he expected some form of increase, obviously, no matter what the situation was, because he gave three different scenarios with three different amounts of talents, right? But with all three, he expected the same, increase. And he even told the lazy servant, listen, you could have put it in the bank and just collected interest on it instead of just burying it. But this guy chose to hide it as if it never existed. He didn't want even to put it in the bank. He wanted to pretend he never got this gift. He didn't want the responsibility. He didn't want to think about it. He wanted it to be gone. And I want to just encourage you all that when we're walking with God, because he expects increase, that means that if we are walking with him faithfully, it will always yield increase because he is faithful. The end with God is always greater than the beginning. Just as the first, the two servants who started with five and two, they ended with double. And even the person with 10, we see that's not his ending because then he got another 10 from the one who was unwilling. It keeps on increasing when we are walking faithfully with God. And we have no reason to be afraid of where God is leading us because we have faith in knowing that there will always be an increase. The only person who didn't get the increase was the one who was not using what was gifted to him. We have to have faith in knowing that if we're obedient, then God will then be faithful to us too. So I want to challenge you all to think about which man... Are you going to be, which one do you fall on the spectrum? Are you the one who buries the gift, who decides you don't want what God has for you, that you don't want to even think about it, you don't want the responsibility because you can't see the outcome? Or do you want to be the person who doesn't see the outcome but sees the faithfulness of God so then he puts his trust in that faithfulness knowing that God will then return and increase. And I want to go back to Mark 4 again, verse 26 through 29, and just read that again and see how that ties into it. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And this really ties into us as the body of Christ because we are not going to see a harvest as a church unless if we are all collectively reproducing by investing in the kingdom with what God has given us. All those servants had to do was invest to see the, re- the bearing of the fruit, right? That's all they had to do was see what they were given, invest, and then it would naturally reproduce. The harvest that God desires us to bring is going to be based upon our actions in accordance with our faith. And the increase gets produced from our faithfulness. So if we're not being faithful, we're not going to see that increase. And collectively as a church, we need to be all filling in that part as the verse in Mark, With the cycle of how the harvest gets produced, each one was getting filled. We need to, as a church body, collectively be using the gifts that we have been individually and uniquely given so that we can see and invest in the kingdom of God and see that harvest and that growth and that spot that God has for us at Res Church. And again, notice how in the passage, each person was given something different. You need to recognize what God has given you and ask yourself, how are you going to use it? These are things you need to reflect on and think about. What has God given you? And are you being obedient to God with it? So how are you using your gifts to glorify God? These are questions you need to be asking yourself. Think about your gifts. Think about how you're using these gifts to glorify God. Are you serving? Are you connected in a life group? Are you involved in some ministry? Are you reaching people at your job? Are you making disciples? And the most basic of all, are you tithing? Because if not on a basic level, this passage can definitely be related to tithing. If you're not tithing, you're going to become a slave to your money. Because this is something that's so small, it's 10%, right? And if we can't give God 10%, what can you give him? Think about that. If you're not tithing, you are going to be held back. You are not going to see the increase, and you're not going to see what God has for you because you're not investing even a small amount of the amount that you have been given. And sometimes, I know it's hard with money, you know, it, you feel like it stabilizes you. It's, you can't, Picture when you get too low because this whole world seems like it revolves around money, right? And when I find myself getting too attached to my money and feeling like I need to rely on it and stressed out about the future with my money and everything, you know what I do? I give some away because that's the best way to ensure that you're never going to put money before God is by constantly giving some away. It can't become an idol if you're constantly putting it in its place, right? And tithes and offerings do that for us. They allow us to put money in its place and say, no, this is God's. This is not mine. This is God's. Okay. And even when we don't see the results of our obedience right away, I encourage you, continue to be faithful because it will bear fruit because it's in the word, so it must be true because the word is truth. And when we continue without seeing what it will produce, that is faith. Not when we know exactly what's going to happen from our obedience. That's not faith. It's taking that leap when we don't see the step in front of us. It's not just using our gifts when we know how God will bless us afterwards, but it's when we use our gifts because we know the goodness of God and are dedicated to living our lives for God and to see people who are far from God come into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we're faithful, because we know the goodness, and we know what he has done for us. And I would encourage you to ask yourself, if you haven't asked this question before, do you know the goodness of God, and do you know the gifts that he has placed in your heart? Because if you're not living faithfully in obedience to him with your life, then you might not be confident in one of those things. If you're missing one, you're going to fall short in living faithfully for God. And the beauty about being in church building right now is that there is a load of people who would love to help you discover both of those things. We'd love to get connected with you if you're not confident in one of those things. And living faithfully with the things that you have been given is not just money as we said it is finances it's living faithfully with the giftings you have been given with the talents with the job you've been given with the home that you've been given and it takes time and prayer and scripture to find your purpose in God and also find your motivation in living for God if you're not praying and reading you're not going to want to live faithfully for God you're not going to know what you have to give over faithfully to God you're not going to know somebody who is lacking purpose is definitely lacking prayer because they don't understand the goodness that God has to offer when we surrender our own will to live for his will. Jesus died to bring us back into fellowship with God. And that happens when we live faithfully for God and when we seek God faithfully And to neglect this faithfulness, it neglects the very reason that Jesus came and laid down his life for us in the first place. And honestly, prayer and scripture is the connection to that source. So I would encourage you, deepen your prayer life, deepen your life devoted to the word. Because as that source continues to grow, so will you, and so will you see that increase of faith of God in your life, of God's blessings being poured out on you, that increase of your faithfulness to him, and therefore that increase of his faithfulness to you. And even when we're lacking, it says that we should lean on him when we are weak because through our weaknesses, he is strong. So it's just relying on God constantly, daily, and surrendering what we have over to him. And... getting hot in here (laughs) I would just encourage you all to continue searching to continue if you haven't already discovered that goodness or if you haven't discovered what you feel that God has gifted you with to continue searching for that and it will be revealed to you because his word does not lie his word is truth it's the source of life And it gives us life. Um, And I'm just going to ask the worship team to come up and start playing, if you would, as we're getting ready soon to close. I would encourage you, even if you feel like you haven't been faithful to him or you feel discouraged because you don't know how to live a life obedient to God and you feel that you've been having a falling out, There is hope in God, there is love in God, there is peace in God, there is security in God. So I would encourage you, put your hope in him and you'll see the harvest come through your life, right? And even if you feel that you haven't been faithful, Jesus didn't just die for the faithful, he died for the unfaithful. He died for the betrayers. He died for the people who hated him, right? So he died so that through your unfaithfulness, he can show you how faithful he is. If you just lean on him, rely on him, reach out to him, he's gonna be there. He reaches down and meets you where you are. If you say, God, I need help being obedient. I need help being faithful. He's gonna come into your life and rock your world and show you just how faithful he can be in your life so that you can be used And I would encourage you, if you do have things in your life that you know, first of all, everything in your life is a gift from God. We need to first acknowledge that. There's nothing that's been given to us that hasn't come from God because he is everything. He is the source of light. He is the only perfect one, right? He has gifted us with everything. So first acknowledge that and then um, ask God, how can I use this to glorify you? And he'll reveal it to you. He'll show it to you. And just reflect on everything that you have and know that everything is a gift that can be used to glorify God. Um, and as we close up, I know our, our service was running a bit long today, so I want to wrap this up. Um, I want to invite you all to just close your eyes, bow your heads, and if you don't know Christ, you don't know his goodness, and you want to know what he can do for you in your life and what he's already doing, I would just invite you to raise your hand, and one of the leaders will come and pray by you. You don't have to come up or anything. And at this time, with the worship team getting ready to play, to yeah, to play, um, I want to, as they're worshiping, to just invite you all, if you need prayer for anything, if you need guidance on anything, Come up to the front and our leaders will pray for you. We would love to help lead you into this walk with Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we're a church and we lean on each other and we edify each other. We're here to help guide each other into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and so I'm just going to close this out in prayer uh, before we go. God, I just thank you for everything that you've done for us, for the goodness that you have uh, remained in our lives, God, for everything that you have gifted us with, God, for our families, for our finances, for our jobs, for our homes, God. I pray that you would reveal to us how we can glorify you with the things that we have and how we can see that increase through our lives and through our church, God. And I pray that you would help us to remain faithful and obedient to you, to see the harvest that is to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at ResurrectionChurchOfNY.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at ResChurchNYC. Take care and God bless.